Welcome to the OSMA Talks podcast series, hosted by Oklahoma State Medical Association President, Dr. Larry Bookman, MD. Hello and welcome back. Over the last few months, I've been conducting a series of interviews of Oklahomans who are leading the effort to reverse the downward trend in Oklahoma's health outcomes. In this episode, my guest is Amber England, who is leading the Yes on 802 state question, which is asking Oklahoma voters to expand Medicaid in Oklahoma by constitutional amendment. Here is my interview with Amber England of the Yes on 802 campaign. Welcome to another episode of OSMA Talks. I hope that the past sessions have been informative, and I know today's will be. Today we have another guest. We have Amber England, who is the founder and CEO of Strategy 77. It's a public affairs firm specializing in advocacy as well as campaign strategy. She's passionate about building teams of diverse and inclusive people to execute bold and big ideas. She's currently leading the Oklahomans Decide Healthcare Coalition, which is supporting a vote by the people on Medicaid expansion. It's important that everybody understand Medicaid expansion, what that term means, and where we're going in the future in this state. So welcome. Appreciate you being here with us. Thank you for having me, Dr. Bookman. Tell us about the initiative petition 419 and what you hope to accomplish with that. Sure. State question 802 is um, an initiative petition led by the people of Oklahoma. We are a coalition of patients, doctors, nurses, uh, business professionals, Oklahoma voters who care about maximizing the federal dollars that we've been paying um, to Washington, D.C., but haven't been able to capture our own tax dollars over a billion dollars a year. Um, We're trying to expand Medicaid to cover 200,000 more Oklahomans in the state in, in this process, try to help save our rural hospitals. So the petition as written states that it would include people up to 133% of the federal poverty. Uh, but the ACA actually wants 138%. Why are we leaving that 5% out? We're not leaving that um, out. And there was actually a Supreme Court case that we won just uh, in mid-June. Um, it will go up to 138% of the federal poverty level. That 5% is really built in for the income charge-off. So it's a formula that they use, a calculation that they use in terms of sort of income charge-offs, but it's up to 138% of poverty. And our state question actually uh, covers that. And with the 200000 that you have estimated would be added to our Medicaid rolls. Does that include up to the 138%? And how will that affect the budget for the state of Oklahoma? Right. Well, I would argue that we can't afford not to do this. We are losing a billion dollars a year right now by not accepting and expanding Medicaid to cover that up to 138% of poverty. Um, And so, what we know is that when people are actually, when they get insurance and when other, when we have access to better health care, overall we see um, health outcomes improve and in the long term could actually save the state money because more people are healthy, more people go into the workforce, 
Um, more folks are getting off other state programs that they may be on because they um, don't have health insurance. And so all those things are a plus for the state. If the petition gets the signatures, and as I understand it, about approximately 178,000 signatures, and you have 90 days to obtain those, when would this go to a vote of the people and when would it then go into effect? Sure. So we are um, on day two, or day three now, of our 90-day window. So it started on Wednesday, July 31st. We have until October 28th at 5 p.m. to get 178,000 signatures. So it's going to be a fast and furious 90 days. We're really excited about the number of signatures we've gotten so far and just the outreach of folks who are saying, I want to get involved. How can I help? Can I go distribute petitions in my town of... Lone Grove, Oklahoma is just my hometown. I mean, people are reaching out from all over the state wanting to get petitions to actually go circulate amongst their family and friends. So um, once we turn the signatures in, that is up to the governor to decide when it goes on the ballot. Um, the statute says in the next general election. And so um, we'll just sort of wait and see. But what we know is that we will be ready whenever, whenever we're Put on the ballot, and the effective date says July no later than July 2021. Okay. There have been four states prior to this that have voted rather than through legislative uh, action to have Medicaid expansion. In Utah, one of those four states, because of the increased numbers over what they estimated, they've tried to decrease the number to 100% of the federal poverty line. Tennessee felt that they would actually go bankrupt as a state because there were so many more who signed up after Medicaid expansion was accepted. What guarantee does the state of Oklahoma have that if a petition is the way that we do this through a vote of the people, that the numbers don't go from the 200,000 estimated to 400,000 and that the state can't afford it? I would say in states that are implementing Medicaid expansion the way it was intended under the Affordable Care Act, it's all working great. Um, Utah just last week got denied a waiver from the federal government, and they said you can't actually do that. Um, and so um, any any plan going forward that would try to put forth a waiver um, from the state of Oklahoma would likely be rejected. Um, they've kind of planted their their flag on that. And so I think it's interesting to watch what's going on in other states. But um, what we know is that we can deliver to a, a healthcare to 200,000 Oklahomans by accepting um, that Medicaid expansion, the federal tax dollars that we've been paying out that we need to recapture here in our state. Um, and right now, because we have done nothing for over a decade or almost a decade, we've lost a um, billion dollars a year. Um, leaving our state that our taxpayers have actually paid to help get health care coverage for other people in other states. Uh, and, and I absolutely agree with that assessment. That uh, estimate that I saw was that the state has lost $14 billion just in the last three years uh, because of no action. That, that is correct. And so that's, I mean, that is really what this initiative petition is about. State Question 802 is really about saying it's time for Oklahomans to decide this issue. Um, we've waited for quite some time, almost a decade, for some sort of solution, some sort of plan to come forward. Um, that plan hasn't come forward yet. And so until there's a plan out there that is actually voted on and passed and signed into law, we will continue to move forward with this initiative petition. 
So right now, under the ACA and Medicaid expansion, it's uh, a 90%, 10% match. Feds pay 90%, the state pays 10%. If there is any change to that law, and many people expect it to go to a 65-35, which would increase what the state would have to pay tremendously, do we have any guarantees? Because if the petition goes forward, it's a change in our Constitution. Would we be able to maneuver so that if we couldn't afford 35%, that we'd have some out? Is there a sunset clause or anything in the petition that would allow that? Um, well, what, what we know can happen is that the legislature can actually refer um, another state question through uh, referendum um, to be voted on by the people. There could be another initiative petition voted on by the people. But I think by and large, what you've seen is that 36 states across the country have actually already implemented this. If um, if the uh, Congress could ever make a decision, which you know how that ha- goes, um, they've yet to be able to do make any changes in um it, both parties, neither have been able to come up with any sort of change or, or to try to change that 90-10 match. And I think it's because in 36 states, governors, regardless, Democrat governors, Republican governors are implementing this and seeing great things for their citizens. And so there'd be a pretty big fight on their hands. And they don't want to take on 36 governors of, of states that are represented by both Republicans and Democrats. And so I think the likelihood of that match going down is probably pretty slim. Uh, but there are mechanisms um, in our Constitution that would allow for us to change if we needed to. Okay, That's been an argument uh, for a decade, as you said. Sure. Um, we know Oklahoma has one of the highest rates of uninsured. We have one of the worst health care outcomes um, we were number 50 in the last uh, health scorecard, um, worst state in the union for health. Uh, we know that we need to change, and certainly the Oklahoma State Medical Association, of which I represent, is very supportive of maximizing federal dollars. And we use that term liberally rather than Medicaid expansion simply because There are other efforts out there. Can you tell us what the difference between the Oklahoma plan, which is something the legislature has been working on, uh, versus the petition? How would they differ? Sure. So right now, we're still, there's a bipartisan group working at the Capitol to come up with, um, an overall health care plan. They said that Medicaid expansion will be a part of it, but not all of it. And there was working a working group last year that came up with um, an Oklahoma plan that included uh, Insure Oklahoma, which is uh, um, which is a program here that um, allows for um, employers to pay a part, um, providers to pay, or p- people like just if you're going to get the policy to pay a part. Um, and so the difference is, is this is a straight Medicaid expansion. A 90-10 match would <clears throat> increase the pool, um, so up to 138% of poverty. And so um, I think that you'll see that state question 802 is a little bit more straightforward, um, probably going to cover more people and cost less money. But it's really hard to, to say what the difference is until we actually see that piece of legislation come out. I, I know the numbers certainly support what you've said that Medicaid expansion 
they hope to cover 200,000, where Insure Oklahoma is estimated at 115,000. Um, so it would cover many, but not all, Oklahomans. And that is a big difference. And one of the major differences that's being discussed is yours is a constitutional amendment versus a legislative action. Uh, legislative actions obviously being much quicker to overturn. Sure. Um, and so that's certainly being discussed. If the legislature proceeds with the Oklahoma plan, whatever that is, and we don't know the, the final details, would you all continue with your petition to a vote of the people, or would you be willing to look at that plan and maybe even back off from taking the petition to a vote of the people? I think it's really hard to answer that question right now, not knowing what is actually going to be in that piece of legislation that comes out. And so I think that's a question that we would probably need to answer once we actually see what's happened. But what we know is this plan in state question 802, um, thus far covers more people and costs less. And the reason why that was, um, we went with the constitutional language is because we want to make certain that future legislatures don't, um, water this down. We want the strongest law possible that covers the most people and costs Oklahoma the least amount of money. And we know that that is what is in state question 802. And so we have a viable path to the ballot. Um, we'll know in about 88 days, whether or not we get those signatures. Um, and then um, hopefully we'll be on the ballot in 2020 sometime. The governor just named a new legislative council, uh, bipartisan. And what effect, if any, do you expect that group of legislators to have either on the Oklahoma plan, on Medicaid expansion through uh, petition, or any other method for the health care of Oklahoma? So um, we're really excited to see what comes out of, uh, out of that working group and, and through the governor's appointment um, for his new um, position to work on this issue. I think it's important. Um, I think it's, it's important to see how much, um, you know, can they cover as many people and cost uh, less money? You know, it remains to be seen. I think it's great that everyone's focusing on healthcare. I think this initiative petition um, sort of helped get people focused on this issue, which is great. Um, we've needed this kind of laser focus for quite some time. Like I said, it's been almost a decade that we could have accepted these Medicaid dollars, these federal money that's um, our taxpayer dollars that are that's leaving the state now. And like you said, $14 billion if, uh, since we haven't implemented it. So I think that it is great that all the legislative leaders, the governor, um, they're all they're all focused on health care. The people are going to be better off because everyone's focusing on health care. And one way or the other, we will have um, an opportunity for Oklahomans to vote on this issue. Many of our listeners um, and people around the country have been watching the Democratic debate. There is a major topic, and some of the leading candidates are pushing for Medicare for all. How does Medicaid expansion differ from Medicare for all? So it's interesting. A lot of people have been asking me about the Democratic debates and how how is the you know how is this going to work with our campaign? And 
what I try to say is like, we're just really busy trying to get the signatures right now. We have 90 days to collect 178,000 signatures. And so really what's going on at the national level is pretty much noise to me because they have to play out a whole uh, campaign, get elected and actually change policy before that can actually happen. We know we can take care, we can actually execute on Medicaid expansion at the ballot box. It's, we pass it, it goes into law. We, there's already a federal law that says if Oklahoma does this, there's a nine to one match. And that's the difference is this is a sure thing, a nine to one match that we can actually capture those dollars immediately uh, versus we don't know what's going to happen at the federal level. I, I think that what you've seen in national politics in the last 10 years is gridlock. And the ability to actually get anything done on the federal level is is so minute that that is why you're seeing people in Oklahoma take take this issue up and say, this is something we can do right now. It's time for Oklahomans to decide on health care. Congressman Cole was in town uh, a month or so ago, and we met with him. And he made the statement that rather than accepting the federal Medicaid expansion plan per se, that he recommended applying for grants and waivers, which is another way to get federal dollars. Again, we want maximizing federal dollars. Do you see the waivers and grants being an acceptable method to expand our our Medicaid population? Would that be in addition or instead of uh, Medicaid expansion? So I think what you saw last week with the um, the administration's rule on the Utah decision, which was they weren't accepting their waiver, um, is a pretty good lesson for us going forward. And um, so I think the surest way to get 200,000 people covered in Oklahoma right now is accepting these Medicaid expansion dollars, the, the federal dollar, taxpayer dollars that we've been paying in, um, that other 36 other states have capitalized on that we have not. And so a pure Medicaid expansion with a nine to one match is a great deal. Um, and we should actually um, capitalize on that. I, I talk about this all the time. Can you imagine um, a business that comes to Oklahoma, let's say Boeing, and they say, um, hi, um, governor or hi, legislative leader, we're here. We want to invest um, $900 million into your state and bring jobs with us and save your rural hospitals. Um, and and it's it's a nine-to-one match. And, and they said, no, thank you. We don't want it. We don't want your jobs. We don't want your investment in our communities. I feel like that's what we're doing here uh, by not accepting Medicaid expansion. And the great momentum that we're seeing on the ground is that Oklahomans get it. They understand that they're paying for something right now that other people in other states are actually taking advantage of. And they want to see their own family members, people like my dad who uh, retired um, at a young age because he, you know, started a job, blue collar job when he was 18 years old. Um, but his insurance is very, very expensive. Um, and so now he's entered back into the workforce and drives an hour and a half to Texas every day, one way to work in a facility there because he needs to pay for his insurance. Um, people nearing retirement like my dad, you know, th- those are the folks we're talking about. People who've worked their whole lives or people who own businesses um, that can't afford insurance or folks working on farms. Um, you know, those are the people we're talking about. Working Oklahomans that are really trying to figure out, do I pay for my 
diabetes medication or do I put food on the table this month for my family? And so, you know, while all this debate is going on in Washington about how we should do this, um, there's something we can do right now, which is we can expand Medicaid in Oklahoma. And in 90 days, we're going to have the signatures to get this on the ballot and Oklahomans will have an opportunity to decide this issue. Well, I appreciate you being here, and I think that's been very informative to everybody listening. Uh, the Oklahoma State Medical Association has signed on as a supporter of uh, continuing with this petition. Um, we want to expand federal dollars. Uh, if our legislature is not able or willing to make that happen, then formal Medicaid expansion is another way to expand those dollars and get our federal money back to Oklahoma. Kentucky has been the single state that has come out with a very good study. Since they accepted Medicaid expansion, they have shown an improvement in health outcomes. They've shown improvement in colon cancer survival as well as diagnosis, which as a gastroenterologist, I'm very concerned with. Um, and so the outcomes have been positive on Medicaid expansion. We know that our rural hospitals are suffering with very low margins. We know that those billions of dollars, not millions, but billions of dollars that would come back to this state would help our rural hospitals. However we get Medicaid expansion or maximizing federal dollars, it needs to be done now and not later. I think that we know that healthcare in this country has become the leading subject. You can see that on the debate. You can see it on people just talking. As you stated with your father, the cost of insurance, the cost of prescription drugs. It's estimated that healthcare will cost 20% of the GDP in the near future. That's unacceptable. We need to make a change in the state of Oklahoma. I think this is a very good start. Uh, however we end up, we need to make a change now. I hope this has been informative. I hope that anybody who has questions about uh, maximizing federal dollars, Medicaid expansion, or even on the Medicare for All program, please contact the Oklahoma State Medical Association. We'd be glad to answer any questions you have. Again, I want to thank you for being here. Thank you for having uh, me. You're welcome. Um, and with that, we'll say until next week. Learn more at okmed.org and on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Have a question for Dr. Bookman? Email him at osmatalks at okmed.org. Okay